Champion Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This podcast series provides a space for some fabulous people to share their stories and find a voice within our ever-changing world. It is a space that simply encourages sparky conversations, because there is most definitely always something to be learned from every interesting conversation, however unscripted. At its heart, this podcast is built on the belief that each of us experiences the world in our own unique way, meaning that we all have our own story to share. The Coffee and Conversation podcast aims to uncover a range of perhaps previously unheard stories in an informal, engaging way, so that we can all connect, explore, grow and learn from the great people behind these tales. Happy listening! On today's episode of the Coffee and Conversation podcast, I am joined by Liz Birkinshaw and Jenny Cody. Liz, Jenny and I became connected through initial interactions on Twitter, and these brief 140-character exchanges have grown into fantastic conversations and blossoming friendship. Having only actually met each other once in person, we keep connected over the airwaves and video technology and love our random ramblings. Liz describes herself as a curious Aussie who now calls Yorkshire home. Liz loves weightlifting, baking cakes and learning new stuff and is always getting involved with mental health initiatives, ways to be more inclusive and encouraging creativity within learning communities. She's currently spending her time therapeutically parenting her nine-year-old son whilst watching sunflowers grow. Jenny is also someone for whom curiosity is an underlying characteristic. She describes herself as a fun-loving, curious human who really enjoys meeting people and having conversations about everything and anything. London has been Jenny's home for almost six years now, having previously experienced many beautiful places around the world through her work and passion for sport. She currently works as a sports coach developer with UK Coaching, as an advocate for mental health and well-being, believing that a small dash of conversation with a large chocolate chip chunk of empathy could make the world a better place. So welcome um, to this edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast um, and my guests, uh, Liz and Jenny, um, in respective parts of the world. So I'm as ever in Scotland um, and I've got water with me as my drink of choice um today uh liz do you want to give us an insight into where you are and whether you have a drink i'm in sunny yorkshire today and i've got ginger tea today trying to cut back on my milk consumption that sounds quite um invigorating yeah i i was finding i um, was easily drinking a pint of milk in my tea throughout the day so i yeah it's a a lot of tea so i've switched because i suspect there's a caffeine issue there as well uh so i've switched to something in the afternoon that's that feels a bit more healthy and i I find the smell of ginger quite uplifting and energizing so it's good for a mid-afternoon drink Mm, maybe that's one to try on my desk uh, on my list for the day uh, and Jenny where where are you talking to us from I am in sunny Kent the garden of uh, England um well I'm on the border uh, now that London's closed I don't reference how close I am to London I'm like I'm in Kent near the yeah. near the, the the forests and the open air um and I am deceptively drinking juice out of a gin glass <laughs> My evening. I'm luring myself into the evening for a chill out mode. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. It's been a, an afternoon to look forward to. Good. Well, it's great to great to chat. Um, and so, just as a bit of context, um, Liz, Jenny, and I sort of connected, I suppose, through Twitter and mutual connection. And each of us have only met. Well, I've met Liz once in person, and Jenny once in person, and our kind of conversations have sparked really from, yeah, from the joys of Twitter and swapping messages and. Um, I suppose being curious about similar things in a way 
Um, yeah. So yeah, it's I, good to have a. Connection. I did think it was a hint that we'd spoken a lot on Twitter and never really saw each other. I was like, I've heard of Jane Booth, but is she real? And actually, the, the first time we met, I was coming around the corner at uh, the Olympia with uh, David before the event, and I was like, and then my friend Jane Booth, and then it was like, and there she is. <laughs> oh, you're here. You're real. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not this breath for the rest of the evening. I know, I'm not this mythical creature that exists just <laughs> no. in your consciousness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Interesting one, isn't it? Um, I've had a couple of different scenarios this year where people have been like, not overly friendly, but like connected to me in the conversation. And then they're like, because we know each other on Twitter. And I'm like, your picture is in your profile and have I said something and what is the conversation about you know oh there I've met you through Twitter and I'm like oh I miss real life (laughs) but it's a good space to grow and to be curious isn't it but I do think sometimes I miss out on that oh real life connection first and then build on that yeah and I think interesting in our current times the value of social media and connecting with people and I certainly know I realize um I miss chatting over coffee um, which and this is a kind, I suppose, a, almost a good second best in that we're going to have a conversation over a, a ginger tea or a, a, a fake gin um, and a, a glass of water and, and just see where the conversation goes. Um, but as ever, we'll start by um, bringing a quote. And I know, Liz, you've brought your quote with you. So do you want to um, give us an insight into what that is and, and perhaps why you've, you know, what's the story behind it? So my quote, um, I don't have too many. Uh, and this this one is from... I suppose my university day, so quite a while now, over 25 years ago. Um, so my quote is along the lines of, I don't regret the things I've done. I regret the things I didn't do when I had the chance. So I kind of shorten that in my in my mind. And I've carried that with me as a um, it's, it's better to regret what I've done than what I've not done. Um, and that came from university. So I was the uh, first person in my family to go to university. And I really took university as an opportunity to meet new people, do new things, do things I didn't even know existed. You know, that kind of uh, moment where you, where you see a whole other sphere of the world that you've never seen. Um, however, I was quite, um, sometimes I was quite fearful of it. So that was my little quote, my mantra to get over that fear of just have a go. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Um, if it fails, it's okay because it's better that you've had a go and regretted that it went wrong, which actually most of the time never happens. Even if it goes wrong, I don't regret that. Um, but I didn't want to even, you know, when I was 17, 18, I didn't want to have, I wish I'd done that. So I suppose 25 years ago, it was the equivalent of FOMO, of fear of missing out. That's, if I look at it now through sort of my lens now, but it's been something that has always been there. If I've had uh, a decision to make and I've not been sure, well, go with the yes, go with the yes, do it and then see what happens rather than that cautious step back and not be sure. Um, And there's probably only one or two things in the past 25 years that have stuck with me that I think, "Mm, I wish I'd done that. It's not a regret thinking about that. It's just a, it's more of a, I wonder what would have happened of what different paths my life would have gone on. But most of the time that stepping forward and having a go and not having to be perfect and just doing it anyway has meant that I look back and think, you know, I have, 
taken some great opportunities. I've had got some great things that I've got in my life, people I've met, experiences, places I've been, lessons that it's taught me sometimes. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of have it as a shorthand mantra of better to regret um, the things I've done than the things I have not. So, yeah, so I don't know if that resonates that with either of so- you. Oh my God, I'm hopping out of my seat here. And it's it's just come to me. So years and years ago, I had a coach who'd say to us, um, he was like, I had loads of coaches over the years, but I had this coach for quite like a prolonged period of time. And he would say, I want you to leave every single game and every single training session with um, uh, the kind of idea of I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had. And then what I've only realized now is, and it's on the same path, it's not the same quote, is that um, I'm now going to go, uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Not all the time, because I'm a little bit prudent. But like that is, a, and I didn't realize that that's actually probably transferred. It's just changed shape with different jobs and environments and people over the years. But that's a great quote, Liz. It yeah, is, and it's some, it it's some, it's something that it's there for the big decisions, but it's also for the little decisions. You know, whether it's um, so this morning woke up early, quite tired. Oh, can I be bothered to do my seven o'clock? gym class oh, right just get up and do it because if it's awful you can just stop like just start um and so the the gym I go to it and it's a it's a big brand it's a big global brand and they have lots of quotes and mantras and stuff but one that really sticks with me which kind of links in and I agree Jenny that so many of these are just about just about having a go and you know not regretting having a go you, you'll learn something from it and it's very much um, one more rep, just do one more rep, just do one more rep. Just So if I have to do 100 burpees, ugh, hate them, um, basically that's 100 times one. So just do one. Okay, well, you've done one now, do another. And, I, and it's just a, a different sort of self-talk that is more positive rather than, oh, 99 to go. No, just one more. No, you've done two. And it's that kind of mentality. So this morning, didn't really want to get up early, was feeling a bit tired, kind of thought, oh, I'm a bit sore. I could use it with the rest. You know, all the excuses come in. I went, just get up. If you don't like it after 10 minutes, stop. Obviously, by minute three, I'd completely forgotten that I made that promise to myself. Um, and I didn't regret doing it, if that makes sense. But I know from experience that I will regret if I don't do it. So it's it's just a little push. It's that extra 1% to get you started, that from standing still to moving forward, whatever that decision or action might be yeah well two two things come to mind as you're speaking first is um maybe this shows my musical tendencies but there's a song and it's a line out of a song from uh from my one of my favorite artists confession time rod stewart and it says ain't it better to lose in love than never love at all um so that's along the same lines but also um I, i'm just curious it's like interesting that you know you've ended up working in learning and development and you know i find it curious that um you know your quote almost suggests that there's kind of that um you know learn from stuff and even if you even if it doesn't quite go right you'll learn stuff yeah and I I would agree I've always had that um way of looking at it so I am very much an experiential learner I like the experience of doing it and what you learn from it that isn't necessarily the the curriculum or the defined outcomes so I like all the other stuff around it um and so even if I um I don't know I remember when I was at university, I'd been quite a good student at high school, had, you know, school was okay for me, easy at times, went to university, and I and I realised that my, my high school, because there wasn't loads of challenge for me necessarily, hadn't set me up for university very well, 
So I failed quite a few modules in my first semester and I was gutted. And part of that was just, okay, we'll just have another go. Just try again. Just yeah, Do you know what? You could wait till next year to do it or you could do the remedial catch up class and you could do that. So I, I did that. Okay, well, let's try the remedial. It's different. It was different. They had different um, kind of challenges and requirements for that. Never done it before. But it was just very, um, in the end, have a go. Keep moving forwards. Don't let that failure or perceive failure. Even the word failure, I'm not a fan of. Even that um, unsatisfactory outcome of what you expected in your mind, and it didn't match up to the reality of what happened. Um, so I find decision-making um, not... I, I suppose partly because I've trained myself over the years with that kind of just have a go. Don't regret having a go, but you probably will regret not having a go means that if I make a decision and it's A or B and both of them are valid, we'll just go with A and then if it doesn't work, you can go to B. Whereas I know people um, that I know, my, my other half, he has to make, he has he has a thing about it has to be the right choice. So to me, B is just the next option. B is the bit that is that you move on to. I would never regret having a go at the A option because um, you probably learn something and then decide that actually you needed a completely different solution anyway. But yeah, I think... Always encouraging for the experiential learning and give it a go. You know, you'll learn something from it, even if it's not what you thought you were going to learn. Definitely. And what about you, Jenny? What, have you got a quote? Have you brought us a quote to share or mm, yes, piece of wisdom? I don't think it's, um, Liz, you've set me up now here because it's not something that's travelled with me for a long time. And now I wish I'd stole Liz's because actually that has travelled and changed shape. Um, but what it is, is something that, a quote that was put up that is, is pretty famous and it has loads of different variations of it. And it's the Bill Nye um, quote of everyone you ever, everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. So everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. And I think when I saw that, I didn't think, oh, that, that's what I'm going to own. Uh, it was really kind of, I see me in that. I see the the kind of how I was brought up and the respect element of like respect everyone, even if what they're saying, you don't fully agree with this, you know, be inquisitive and curious as to why they think that way up to now in the role that I'm in is immerse yourself and just own every moment that you have. Not saying that every conversation you have is going to be profound, but there's going to be something in it. Whether it's these new style Zoomy conversations that everyone has where you're seeing a little bit more of their home life or a little bit more of how they're managing things or you're back in a real, you know, high end professional setup where um, you're, you're taking information of some sort on. So that for me is some something that I use a lot and have used um, to reflect on, like what have you learned today or what has that person shared or appreciating conversations and people? Mm, I, I really like that and it fits really nicely with the kind of I suppose ethos of, of this podcast in a sense that you know there's always something to be something to be learned from every conversation um, however unexpected or random or you know unplanned it may be and it's just kind of you know going for it and you know, and just and being willing to listen I suppose and maybe being curious about the other person to to explore stuff that you've not thought about before maybe no and I yeah, Gwen, sorry. I agree. I, I love that. I had something, um, a coffee that I had with some people who go to my gym um, a couple of months back. And I've trained with them for 12 months. We go to regular classes together, but you don't get time to talk to people. We had went, went, went for coffee, a, a group of us. 
and they spoke about what they did and my mind was absolutely blown of this whole other world that I suppose I cognitively knew existed. I knew there was a justice system. I know there's people who commit crimes, who have lawyers, who have bar- you know, all that stuff. I know that. But when they spoke about their work, it absolutely showed me a world I had no understanding of. But they also spoke about it in a very real sense. So it just gave me such a different point of view for that day. And I, I had quite a childish reaction, not childish, but um, I, what, what, what was probably quite childish. I just found joy in talking to people who they were talking about something I had nothing. I had no knowledge and I could just ask really curious questions. And they had such joy in telling me it was a really um, positive experience. I didn't quiz them. It was a conversation, (laughs) but it was just, and I just, I I had this real sense of joy that lasted like the rest of the day as a result of that. Cause I thought, and I kept thinking, I keep thinking about the work they do think it's such great work. And, but actually the perception of the, the people who work in the legal system is not what these two people were sharing with me. And it completely, it challenged my bias. It challenged my way of thinking. It made me think of the world in a different way. It made me um, have a whole thought process around fairness. You know, not that we spoke about that in the conversation, but it just led me off on this whole path of stuff that I never think about. It was amazing. Mm. So totally get that, Jenny, of tapping into that. Absolutely. And it's, um, there is like both of you hit on it, Jane, you've hit on the active listening part, which now we have to do more than ever in the virtual world. You know, imagine, you know, we meet for coffee. We're like, not that we're not um, listening to the other person before, but we're enthusiastic to share what our responses and thoughts are. And now you literally have to, because there's so many exchanges. You could have two, five, 20, 70 people on a call and it's the, you know, the, the send and received uh, style. And then there's, I totally get you around the um, engaging in that moment and then going off on random paths and thoughts, isn't it? Like that's, I think that's the beauty around those interactions. I watched a documentary on Amazon the other day around Skid Row and it was this uh, attorney linking to the lawyer, um, a top end attorney guy who goes for a 5 a.m. run every morning and he works with people in the community. So people who have been in, in the prison system, um, people who are homeless, anybody who wants to go on this run, he does kind of a non-judgmental and he will tell the stories that they've told him. You know, he's, he's kind of saying, I'm influenced by this. And that was amazing. And it does challenge your bias. Definitely. If with that in mind, thinking that every time I go to meet somebody, I'm not going to be blown away by the conversation, be that naive, but there's a respect that comes with the priming of that interaction. Um, and, me being kind of a social butterfly or wanting going from A A to B here to the station, say, which is a 10 minute walk. Like how many people can I make eye contact with and say hello and yeah, just engage with? So yeah, they're not telling me much. They're just probably sharing a smile. But in that, maybe, maybe getting a little. So, yeah. And I think that almost, you know, that's where our conversations, I suppose, have, have taken us to in a few, in a, you know, we've kind of connected over it is over um, social media, Zoom, um, Teams, whatever, you know, whatever um, platform we've been using. But often there isn't really an agenda. Um, but one of us will maybe share something that has you know, sparked an interest that week. Um, and before you know it, you're kind of on this journey of or this conversation that takes us from, you know, somebody sharing an experience or reflection. And suddenly we find ourselves talking about a theory over here or a book we've read over here or somebody that somebody said to us in a session or, you know, just ideas sparking. And I think, you know, it's that sort of, um, yeah, that like, just those interesting conversations that you have with people um, that sometimes help you make connections between things you've heard before a little bit as well. So maybe something somebody said three weeks ago and it's been sort of floating around in your mind. Um, 
and you haven't really been able to make much sense of it. But then through a conversation with somebody else who, you know, it's like the quote that you shared that suddenly sparked in your head, Jenny. Ah, okay, that that means that becomes meaningful to me in a different yeah. context. Um, so something about that, that and sharing and learning and taking those opportunities when they arise. Mm. Yeah, and there, there's something less altruistic around the fact that you then get to give back, but whilst you're sharing. Um, and it could be connecting what I'm trying to get as we had a conversation about you learning about trees and then I saw something on Twitter and was like oh Jane and I was connecting you so like there's part of me that is like oh I, I do remember we had that conversation now I'm not interested in trees at the moment but you are and this might connect the dots so you're happy about that but I'm happy that I was able to connect you to that now you'd already mm-hmm. found it but um, there's something nice about the yeah one part is you know the selfish connecting and building your network and sharing and then there's another just a nice feel good connection mm-hmm. and and making other people feel good, making other people feel valued and the relationship value. Jenny, do you ever have it where, so your kind of quote is that somebody else knows something that you don't. Do you ever flip it that, do you, are you ever reminded that you have unique experiences that other people don't so that you can give insight? I sometimes find that I think um, I'm quite boring and normal and then sometimes I have a conversation I think actually that part of my life is quite unique or quite unusual or not common and does have a fascination for other people and by me sharing it um they might um think differently about it so you know I'm an adopter I have an adoptive son this is my son actually I don't know why I say adoptive I I do I do that (laughs) it's weird still now five years on but he you know he has siblings and they don't live with us. They live with other forever families. That's quite unusual in the adoption world. But for us, it's just our day to day reality of what we live with. Um, and sometimes we forget that we're all quite unique. So I don't know if you ever have that, Jenny or Jane. Do you ever have that? Jane, can I jump in before that? When have, you you, when have anybody ever tagged you as boring? And when, like, <laughs> boring and normal, like <laughs> the day I met you from our first text exchange, it would never, it never crossed me. That's, oh, that's Liz. That's my boring, normal friend. A, I probably don't ever use those two words anyway. But you, gosh, we need to have more chats like this. No, but doesn't everybody do a deal of a conversation? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so inferior. I need to go back to primary school art. What the hell am I doing here? I can't even draw a dog. But, but I don't really we all want have to things. be therapeutic as well? Go on. Don't we, all, don't we all have things that we just feel that we're normal and boring? And there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me that I don't think there's anything too special or unique about me on a day-to-day basis because, you know, you, I don't know, what have I done this morning? I've been down to the local post office, done a job at the post office and come back. That's a very normal thing. But um, who I'm with and how that relationship works and the reason why we're going at 10 o'clock in the morning rather than four o'clock in the afternoon was quite particular for today um, to do with managing um, my son's behaviour because he was quite emotional. and Whatever, it was triggered by lots of different things. But it was, I, I think lots of people think they're quite normal and don't have much to say and actually... You have to spend time having conversations to get people to feel they trust you as parts of their, their, their lives. I don't know. I, that's me anyway. Oh, I, I, yeah, and yeah, I think what what strikes me actually almost in the in that in that exchange is you know you've used the words normal and boring and Jenny's immediately gone no way that's not you. Um, but you you know I think we all we all see ourselves in a certain way because we live with ourselves every day almost and to us what we do every day is our norm um and it's interesting in our current times because normal has been like 
ripped up, chucked out the window and like blown forever disappearing into the kind of into the ether. Um, but we, it's just this is just it, it's almost like the culture thing. It's just what I do. That's what I do. This is my life. This is what I do. And this is how I navigate through that. Um, and, you know, almost using that quote is you know, as much as we look at other people and go, wow, you're not normal. You're really exciting and interesting and engaging. Um, it is. It's just almost flipping that around and sort of, um, yeah, actually, it's, I think it's a really good reminder that we do all have something unique and interesting and engaging. And just because we live with it every day, so it becomes our norm, actually, it doesn't mean it's normal or boring, um, because what is normal? Who knows? Oh, and gosh, you know, we're all yeah. unique and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, just, I guess, a, a bit of a reflection in terms of you know, how we how we see ourselves in the big world. I think world. that's the key it's the how how we see ourselves how we're perceived or how we take time to think about how we're received on the other end but I had to make I had to write it down there Liz to see if I was saying it right in my head before it came out but I wrote down it's not what you do it's it's who you are and how you tell that story so it isn't it's not that you went to the post office you didn't or the groundhog day repeated itself it's who you are doing that and then how you tell the story of it um not in an entertaining you know here here's me go to the post office vloggy vloggy it's more about you and the passion behind that and the reason and the thought behind you and who you are so it isn't just the one interaction I would have with you it's all the other pieces that I've put together that makes I know that you went there for a reason and there'll be a thought process around it um even if it was to pick up a person I'm intrigued to know what was in the post office because there'll be a story with that and you tell that story you might draw that story so for me it's not what you are you know it's not what you do or what you have or what badge you have um yeah it's the, the who you are part and how that story is told or how you piece it together so, so the simple reason I went to the post office was a, was um, probably not a very normal reason. I went to the post office because I needed some printing. I don't have a printer at home and I need to print some work off for Jack for school. Um, and I have to, I went off I went. Um, and that's what I went to do because I know I can do that. I can take my little memory yeah. stick. It feels really old school. Um, but the whole experience is, you know, we go on a scoot. Um, we're trusting uh, Jack. No, Jack has an attachment disorder. So normally he's stuck next to me all the time, engaging me, continuing conversation. But when we go scoot, when he is on his scooter, which is hilarious when I watch him do it, um, he happily will go two or three hundred metres away from me. So it's a real trusting his his sort of boundary that he'll go his uh, roam will, will much extend which gives me five to six minutes of no one asking me any questions or requiring attention so we go and we do that and we have uh, little routines and things that we do along the way because then he feels happy and safe with what we're doing however today in the post office we had an unusual situation well not unusual there was a um a very elderly lady who was in the post office um and she came in and she didn't adhere to the kind of distancing rule she stood too close she queue jumped basically because we were standing, but she hadn't. She thought we were looking at stuff. She queue jumped, and so Jack is a stickler for the rules. So I had to try and get him to quietly mind his manners, but say I'll explain it to you later. But of course, um, Jack Jack has two volumes on and off, so he was on, and I was desperately trying to say Jack, I'll explain it to you in a minute because I knew the social norms, but he hasn't learned them yet. But also, he struggles to understand social norms. In the end, that that was then the scoot all the way home. Why didn't she stand? To, and it was just this whole thing of I continually have to explain life and what's happening and what, every, everything, the detail. If I cook scrambled eggs differently to how my uh, husband cooks scrambled eggs, 
there is an explanation and an interrogation, and I prefer it that way, and well, I prefer it this way. So there's always a perception of our differences and the little... So I'm reminded on a daily basis that my bubble is different to Jack's bubble. So, and a lot of it is to do with language. So Jack, as I said, joined our family five years ago. He was four years old, and he called the evening meal tea. This is, this is the one example. He called the evening meal tea. I had, for 38 years, called that meal dinner. So dinner, dinner to Jack is lunchtime. It is dinner. It's dinner. I agree. It's dinner. It's dinner. So I, I, on a daily basis, am reminded that he sees the world differently just to that one word, tea. And then yesterday he threw in the spanner. Do you mean the drink tea, mummy, or the meal tea? I'm like, don't start with that. Because it was just, he's getting, he's getting, I know, he, was, he knew he was stirring it. He knew he was trying to wind me up which is quite funny with a nine-year-old. And you kind of want that with uh, young people, but I don't want it with my young person right now when I'm needing a cup of tea. So it, that's an example of, we, you know, it's like, oh, we went to the post office. The, the post office was a whole journey for us today. But I got home and I was quite tired because I was like, oh, I've had to do a lot of explaining and a lot of explaining about things that are not literal. So Jack is very literal with his understanding. He, I, I don't know, what was it? Um, so, for example, I'll say, oh, can, can you just kick the cat out? Don't kick the No, I don't mean kick her. I mean put her out. So lots of expressions, lots of things. And so it's a continual – you'd think I'd know by now, but I, I suspect my whole life I will have this, um, even when he's an adult, that I will continually have to modify what I do because he sees the world differently to me just because of how he's wired, um, even though we live in the same space now. We haven't always lived in the same space. So it's just a – you know, there's an insight into my day of, of – what happens it's, i know no 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 boy <laughs> so jenny absolutely not nor you know what's normal what's boring and and what strikes me is we get to know that because we were curious enough or jenny was curious curious enough to ask those questions so you have a choice almost when you see something you make a judgment and you take it at face value and you put your own spin on what you see um, based on your own experiences, your own life, and you know how how we how you work and how you've operated, or you can be curious and go, "Oh, talk to me about that," or "Oh, that's interesting. What did you go to the post office for?" And suddenly you get this whole insight into a different world. Which you know, had had Jenny or I, you know, asked, you know, tried to work out what that was, it would be, "Well, what parcel you were collecting?" Or you were going to buy stamps to send postcards to people. You know, that might have been, and that might be an end of story. Um, but that curiosity to going back to your quote you know, somebody knows something that you don't well there's a great example now i know also that you can print at the post office I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's in your neck of the woods but i have needed i have needed a printer last minute and i have driven the streets of bromley not to be found but now <laughs> inundated i don't know the you post office. anything i need you to print i know <laughs> i know and it's a reminder that in this modern world i still need to print stuff off and i have to old school i had to put it onto a memory stick and jack said mommy what's that it's a memory stick. Well, what's a memory stick? Because he, they don't. He has no use. And I thought I can't get a floppy disk out. Like he, he, he wouldn't have an idea because the technology doesn't even have it. I can't even point out to him that the save icon is actually a floppy disk that I used 25 years ago, but we don't have anymore because they were unreliable and the data used to break. You know, it used to break. Um, let alone, let alone having the memory stick. Um, well, where'd you get that from? Well, it was a freebie at work. You know, that it was just this whole conversation. And in my head, I'm like, I just need to print this work so you can do some school, so I have less guilt that you're not doing any schoolwork. Oh, but you know, every day is a learning day. Everything I do is interrogated and is learned from and observed. He is the he is the most curious 
conversationalist to the point where I just don't have the headspace to answer some of them sometimes. I just ask your dad. He, that, that's a good dad question. It's a science question. Here you go. Brilliant. Well, here's, here's a bit of an old school reflect. Um, what's, what's the words I'm looking for? I can't even think what the words I'm looking for. Anyway, um, so in in our garage, um, which is where my husband has been retreating to do jobs in lockdown, he's got an old ghetto blaster. Um, oh. And he realised that the... Um, the radio doesn't work very well in the garage. So he dug out his old tapes and he has been playing tapes in the garage. So, so far this week, he's had Simple Minds. Um, I think there might have been a... Now, I'm not sure he's got to Pepsi and Shirley yet, but there we go. We're going real old school 80s. Wow. Tapes. I love that he has those still. Recorded and play at the same time on the radio. Well, yeah, radio station, right? So there was no like up yeah. and coming deep. We needed to make his mark in the middle of your song. Yeah. You're like, go away, it's Brian Adams. I need to and go. <laughs> totally illegally recording the charts on a Sunday Sunday afternoon by pressing record and record and play at the same time. hundred percent. Yeah. There you go. There's a trip down memory lane for you. Which yeah. who'd have thought that the conversation today would have ended up with '80s tapes, Pepsi and Shirley, and a ghetto blaster. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the title of it, isn't it? The summary thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, what I'm hearing through that, there's, there's a lot, even though you've both brought very different quotes and we've kind of gone in, you know, in little diff- different tangents, there's a few things that sort of feel like they're coming out in terms of um, some of the recurring themes in terms of, you know, not being afraid to have a go at stuff, whether that be new things or trying things. But equally, that applies to conversations. And being curious and the perspective that you come from in terms of appreciating that we all see things differently. And actually a conversation is a great way of finding out a little bit more about that person and that background and perhaps learning something quite interesting and useful along the way. That feels yeah, like a, things that have come I, out. Yeah, um, speaking of conversations, I tell you the conversation I had with my grandparents. I think it was a bit of like the big too big for my boots kind of conversation where I was doing my offended TED talk about conversations, share it with my my sphere and we'll have a chat and this is amazing. I'm all about active listening. And then I hopped on the call with my granddad and I was like, granddad, when, what's, what, when's the last time you had a really good conversation? Or what conversation was like profound in, in your on your journey of life? And he was like, what? What? <laughs> and I was like, well, like, you know, converse, and then I realised stupidly as I was mid-question to them, like th- that was their thing around, you know, around the dinner table, around the wireless, around, you know, the black and white TV and even TV aside, like they're always talking, you know, even at home now when we ring, like they don't have internet in the house. Um, They've Netflix. They've scoured Netflix the last four weeks. I'm hearing the day by day of House of Cards. Um, but like... They value, A, they value all the conversation, B, they share and listen as a natural habit of theirs. So all conversations, I imagine there have been over the years, I put them on the spot, but just thought, you know, in all my like, oh, I'll be curious with my grandparents. And then they just literally put me in my place. They were like, <laughs> well, that's that's a natural thing, Jen, for us. We we share and we listen. And, you know, when you go, well, I do have a good uh, conversation when I go with the lads on a Tuesday up to picketing. Um, and then Nan would be like, yeah, yeah, sure, I meet, you know, this, this and this person. And we have a chat every day. Every day they go for coffee after mass. Granddad chats every Tuesday and every Thursday. Then it goes off with his one mate and they go. And I just thought to myself, oh, isn't that interesting that I'm I, 
I lost I lost the years on it. I lost kind of my audience and thinking or my curiosity was like, it's not doesn't need to go everywhere in every corner. That was nice. It's a nice little refresher for me. Really interesting. And it does. You know, I think the more I talk to people and the more whether it's my research or my work or whatever, I keep coming back to us as humans and human connection and finding a way of, you know, talking is the way that we develop those connections and um, interest about people. And, you know, it's the probably the question that you dread hearing, Liz, the question that starts with why? Mummy, why? Um, those sorts of, but it's that sort of, it's that curiosity of, you know, okay, that's interesting. Or even just saying, oh, wow, that's really interesting. You know, tell me a bit more about that. Oh, how did that, how did that feel? All those sorts of things. And, you know, it's those things that mean we are human and want to understand, but actually are the really simple ways of learning and developing you know connections beyond just the hi i'm so and so this is what i do that's it or i've been to the post office today well that's nice thank you very much end of conversation so there's yeah there's something that feels quite empowering about people and humans i'm laughing as you're saying that i'll tell you one more so um when i first got together with em we go to our parents house I didn't realise that I am the rambling storyteller of things. So similar to granddad, it won't be like, you know, Jen, you know, what time do you need to be at the station? Well, I'll tell you this. I went to book it on train line. It was a little bit of an issue. Then I had to get the later one. And then my watch is like two minutes off. So then I'm trying. So it was over in her house and um, we we knew, but she just let me ramble anyway. So we're in her parents' house and I'm meeting them in the first six months, kind of, you know, odd occasions, dinner occasions. And they'll ask me a question. And I feel obliged to tell them what I think is the full story. <laughs> so it's, you know, the, the primer, the, the main content, the lead into the bulk of it. And then the, the key moment, the, the peak of the story and then the tail end. And I found in the first probably 12 months, Em would just go, and then this happened. So I'd be like, so I'm going here to get this, to do that. And she'll go, yeah, well, we got it. And she just cut me off. And I was like, but you, you're cutting me off my stories. And she goes, they're too long, Jen. <laughs> in our family we don't do long stories we just do the in ask the question get the answer and out and I was like does that mean you're not curious oh no we are about things that we're interested in and I was like well you're not interested in my story do you not think they're interested in me and it was just it's something that we laugh about now because she'll still do it like I she, she's curious about uh you know some really interesting things in her life but I'm just generally curious about I wonder why the dog did that don't really care at the moment Jen but thanks thanks well you can ask the dog you can fall. I bet you she's thirsty I'll go and get her water yeah it's um I think that's a great story because it just shows this context context is really important as well and you know understanding the people that you're with and what is important to them whereas you know we're quite happy and and probably we should probably draw this to a close shortly because probably we could be quite happy and still be here three hours later and just chatting about random stuff. But almost it's that, con- that that context of, OK, well, what's that person interested in? How do I and, you know, what is what's the right type of conversation for now or next week or or this this setting? Um, so, yeah, I think there's something interesting about context. Um, you know, I anyway, love- go on, Sorry, then, Liz. Jane, That's I know, okay. I know you want to wrap up. Something that I love is. So I have similar in my in-law family as well, Jen, except it's the opposite. I, I do tell a story, but they want even more detail and I don't know what that means. So, um, so clearly I'm not, I don't tell stories in the same way, but what I'm really interested in, my best curious conversations and the ones where I never regret asking the awkward questions 
are the ones where there's almost a, an equal level of curiosity and a respect for being for, for that level of curiosity and the fact that sometimes so earlier Jane when you're talking about being uh, curious I was thinking do you know what to be curious you have to overcome a fear sometimes of looking silly not you know whatever it might be a judgment whatever that judgment might be and um, even if it's your, your own judgment about you, about yourself and I was just thinking we yeah you're right we could easily have this conversation for hours and hours because we're all curious and we're all quite happy to share and we're all quite happy to admit if we've regretted something or made a mistake or what you know what's gone well you know we don't have we don't have too many inhibitions of the good or the bad or the ugly um, so I think there is something in the balance of the conversation and that some of the best conversations are people who you, I, for me, I never knew were as curious as me. And that's when you talk for five or six hours and you think you've been only been on the phone for half an hour. You know, it's that kind of you get into a flow state of conversation, which is maybe what your grandparents have, Jen. You know, they're in flow yeah. state of conversation all the oh, time. Granted always is. He'll, yeah, there'll be a, a wrestle when I do ring them, especially during this period when they're in like tight, tight um enclosure and they're like um they're yeah they're knocking outside the door and I'll do oh granddad how are you how are you and you can hear nanny is that Jenny is that Jenny pass me over that phone there now and he'll go I'm not good on the phone now Jen I'm not good here you go and then she'll go on and on and on the conversation and then granddad will go but did I tell you the time now do you remember I used to take it to the red iron bridge when you were 11 and there'd be sugar beet on the ground she doesn't want to hear that story will you hang up the phone you know and it's he'd go back and back and back to tell me a story about how beetroot has changed the price in the shops but we'd go back to like you know that's funny 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 brilliant brilliant well thank you and um yeah i think there is something um about that being curious and and yeah so I, I like that idea, Liz, about you know overcoming that fear and finding that kind of almost. And I know people talk a lot about psychological safety and safe space, but it's almost that trusting space where, you know, you can ask questions. And when somebody sort of says something, and in your head you're like, oh, I really want to know that. The best conversations, perhaps, um, are when actually you know that you can ask that rather than sitting there going, oh, I'd really love to ask that, but I'm too scared because. Um, so definitely something something to think about there. So so as we wrap up, um, I'm going to ask you both maybe you know for one or two little. It could either be your reflection on what you're taking away, or something that you've heard in this conversation that's just kind of sparked, and you've kind of gone, mm, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so who who wants to go first? Don't all shout at once. Liz mine, has got hands up. Mine, Very polite. Mine, well, it's it's the new etiquette, isn't it? It's kind of thumbs up, hands up. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that will transfer into real life, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, I, for me, it is actually, without being too um, sort of twee about it, it is Jenny's kind of your quote, Jenny, of um, the, my my reflection I had when you were talking about it, do other people have that about me, and just that reflection that people probably are interested in what I've got, and I, you know, I think I was always told when I was. Uh, growing up not to show off and not, whatever so I've always tried there's some bits that I think oh I don't want to talk about that it's not because I'm private because I share everything I overshare probably um but actually there's lots of interesting things that I can learn from other people but they might learn from me but I have I'm not intentionally teaching them that they just take what they want and off they go and they move on and progress so yeah that was that's really interesting that we all have something not just that we can learn from someone else but we we've all got something that others can learn from us so it's to flip your quote, really, Jenny. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. And Jenny, what um, about yourself? 
Well, I d- yeah, I did give my spark earlier on, um, but not to be flat and not have a second uh, end moment. But I was sparked by Liz's um, quote to lead me into where I am and the different quotes that have come through my life for one reason or another subconsciously. But I think um, the summary message would be around our conversation of time. So where time on some some in some aspects can be a constraint that brings out the pressured situations um, or perceived pressure situations on the flip side giving ourselves time to to be um to find to find these parts these reflective how am i being received um how am i finding the situation the noticing all those well-being elements to the being and then to the growing part and in that order like finding yourself being okay where you're at and just living in the moment or rewarding yourself for the little wins in the day and the grow part um, and whatever that grow looks like you know whether it is this CPD moment that you might have in this period of time or it's the small little wins to connect with amazing people and do podcasts or share conversations because you know we are in that time where it's a different difficult time for everybody so where we are in a space that it's given to us and we have permission to have the time there will be a time when we don't and we go back to this different type of life and the pace speeds up but remembering that you know there's always time to stop you just have to give yourself permission to do it absolutely and there's always time to talk i think or finding ways and um and listening to really listening to what other people have to say and uh, and being yeah perhaps for me the reflection is is that you know finding places where you can be curious um, and not accepting that I've been to the post office as the end of the story. There isn't a full stop there. There's a semicolon that leads on to this whole interesting um, tale, um, which reveals more um, if you're willing and take that moment to just be and and listen to that, listen to the story and and learn. Um, So thank you very much both for your time um, and uh, enjoy the rest of your ginger tea and perhaps Jenny, it, then a, ma- a magic might happen and the orange squash that's in your glass later on may turn into gin if you've been yeah. good if, if, fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> thanks, well, thanks, very much. Thanks, thanks very much you've been listening to the coffee and conversation podcast the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen my thanks again to my guests liz birkinshaw and jenny cody and also to you for listening If you'd like to connect with Liz and Jenny, you can often find them sharing insightful and interesting stuff on Twitter. So why not give them a follow to see what they're up to? You can find Liz at Liz underscore Birkinshaw and Jenny is Jenny Cody 10. Until the next time, take care.